This episode of the Alley on the Run show is brought to you by Aftershocks. Welcome to the Alley on the Run show. I'm your host, Allie Feller, and every week we hear from inspiring people who lead interesting lives on the run and beyond. And while running is what brings us all together, on these episodes, it's about finding out what's going on before and after the run. So join me right here every Thursday to learn about the decisions people have made to get where they are today and how getting sweaty has factored in. Yay! Happy U.S. Olympic Trials Marathon Week. I feel like the Olympic Trials hype has been going strong for so long now, and we finally made it to race week. Of course, the vast majority of us are not running this race this weekend, unless you are a man who has run a marathon faster than two hours, 19 minutes, or a woman coming in under two hours, 45 minutes. You're not running this marathon, but maybe you're here for the hype. I am all in on the hype. Now, for a select group of professional athletes, the goal this weekend in Atlanta is to finish in the top three and secure that spot on the U.S. Olympic team in the marathon. But for many, it's about something else. Maybe the goal was the OTQ, the Olympic trials qualifying time, and this is the victory lap. Maybe this is a shot at a PR. I don't know, but I am so fascinated by the stories of the hundreds of men and women who will be descending upon Atlanta to run the country's fastest distance race. If you're in Atlanta for America's Marathon Weekend events, I would so love to see you at one of or both of the live shows I'll be doing down there. First, I'll be hosting a live show at the Marathon Expo on Friday at 10.15 a.m. with five returning Alley on the Run show guests who will be running the trials on Saturday. So you can come here from Jenny Donnelly, Sarah Cummings, Caitlin Goodman, Amanda Nurse, and Ladia Albertson-Junkins. It's free. Just show up. We're going to have so much fun catching up with them, hearing about how their training is gone, and of course, finding out what their goals are for race day. Then on Saturday, I'm part of a really cool event with You Can alongside Carrie Tollefson, Meb Kofleski, and some special guests. This is a free event at 5.30 p.m. Saturday, so it's after the race. We're just going to geek out on all things what we just saw. It is a ticketed event, so check out my website, allyontherunblog.com, for more information and to go grab your free tickets. I'd love to see you there. Okay. Whew. Let's get to this week's guest. I, I say I love these stories, and I love today's story from Veronica Jackson and Alex Bernardi. Veronica and Alex are longtime training partners who will both be running the trials on Saturday. I won't give away too much here since I've already talked for way too long, but if you take one thing from this episode, let it be that teamwork really does make the dream work, and we can always go further, faster, together. It was such a privilege to get to record this in person with Veronica and Alex because when they talk about each other, their friendships, and how they support each other both on and off the run, I could see such admiration for each other in their eyes. Alex, admittedly the more emotional of the two, teared up at least like 12 times during this conversation. It was awesome. And my disclaimer, because we recorded this in person, I decided to try a new audio setup. And of course, I didn't totally do it perfectly. So once you're about a third of the way into this episode, you may notice that some of the audio is a little bit clicky. I'm really sorry about that. Hopefully me mentioning it now isn't the reason you notice it, but I didn't want to pretend it wasn't there. So thank you for understanding that I am not in fact a sound engineer. And now please join me in welcoming 
Veronica Jackson and Alex Bernardi to the Alley on the Run show. I'm here with Veronica and Alex. Two, I feel like when I started running in New York City, there were a couple people who were just always in Central Park. And I was like, I want to meet them. They seem so cool. And you were two of them. And now you're here on the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Allie. Thank you. Yay. All right. We start with a warm-up. Easy. Do you warm up with your, like, awesome fast runs? We should. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to warm up here. Veronica, tell us who you are, where you're from, and what you do. I'm Veronica Graziano. Uh, was Veronica Jackson. I live in Somerville, Massachusetts now, formerly of New York, though. And I'm an attorney at Partners Healthcare. Which, so cool. Yeah, it's a hospital system in Massachusetts. <laughs> Just a casual lawyer running a 241 marathon. <laughs> Alex, welcome to the show. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Thank you. Um, I'm Alex Bernardi. I live in New York City, um, and I am a research associate at a nonprofit social policy research organization. All right. So one thing that I love about both of you, and this is, I think, why I'm so obsessed with everything about the trials right now, is that we've got, what, 500 people running and yes, there's a chunk of them who are professional runners, but the stories I'm so obsessed with are the women like you who are working full time, who have kids, who have a lot going on, and who are still running these amazing times. And so there's a lot that I want to learn about how you got to this point and what it's like. But as we're recording this, we're what, three weeks out from the trials? Two, two, two. weeks out from the trials. <laughs> two, two from weeks today. Out. <laughs> two from today. All right. So you ran today. Mm-hmm. We did. How was your run? Was this like the last big, long workout? We sh- we'll probably have a big workout Wednesday, um, but this was the last long run. All right. How long are we talking? I did 19. Did you do that? I did that? 20. 20. Oh, I did 20. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Okay. Uh, you ran together? We did. Yes. All right. So tell me about the run. What was the workout? What did it look like? How'd you feel? Felt good. We both had um, something like 13, 14 mile range around uh, 610 pace, I'd mm-hmm. say, and we hit it. We did it, and it was Fun to be back together. It was our first run together in a long time since Veronica's no longer in New York. So that was a highlight for sure. Yeah, yeah it was bring fun. her back. Petition to bring her back. <laughs> I will for sure. Um, okay, so how is six ten pace feeling for each of you? Faster than marathon pace for me for sure, <laughs> but good, but comfortable. So. Well, Alex says that, but uh, I stared at her ponytail all morning. <laughs> so I came into the workout thinking it's slower than my marathon pace goal pace. Um, and left the workout not thinking that. <laughs> Wait, so what is marathon goal pace? I don't know exactly yet. Um, it's hard when you do, like, big weeks of volume. And, like, I did a big workout this week, so this pace felt really hard. I'm hoping as I go back and review the training, you can kind of look at it and say, all right, well, this felt hard, but it won't feel hard after a two-week taper. Um, so I would expect to be under 6.10 pace. So how, like looking big picture at all the weeks of training that you've put Mm -hmm. in, knowing that you still have the taper ahead of you, but that most of the work right now Mm -hmm. is kind of feeling like maybe it's done. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling with all of that, all the mileage on your legs? I feel really good. I uh, often have aches and pains and knock on wood. (laughs) This has been a really good few months, so I'm I'm ready to roll. (laughs) I'm excited. I think uh, things have come together better than I expected. I'm definitely not going into this race maybe with the same 
uh, mindset and dedication <laughs> as I have in some others, uh, just because I'm in a different place in my life, I think, than I've been for some other goal races. But I'm really excited with how the last couple of weeks have gone and feel like I will be able to, you know, to race in Atlanta and not just go there for like a fun run, which was my concern yeah. <laughs> maybe eight weeks ago. <laughs> so is that, are you're both racing this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. So this is not your first time competing at the trials, Alex. No, it's not. I got to go in 2016, which was pretty incredible. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to get to return and to get to share that experience with Veronica and with so many other really great local girls that I get to run with. So daily. if my memory serves, you for the 2016 race, mm-hmm. you thought you didn't qualify, mm-hmm. and then you did qualify. Can you explain that? Sure. So um, I had run Chicago in the fall of 2015 and was a little bit shy of the standard. I think I ran a high 245 maybe, and the standard was 243 at that time. So decided to give it a go at CIM just a few weeks later. Um, ran a 244 and change, um, missing that 243 cutoff. Um, and then just about a week maybe after the race at CIM, the the standard was changed to 245 and to align the U.S. trial standard with the Olympic standard maybe. can't remember the exact details. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it was quite, quite the surprise, and I'll take it. It was <laughs> really great. <laughs> so when you – so that was your goal to qualify. So when you thought that you had just missed it at CIM, were you like, yay, cool, I got a PR, or were you like, this sucks? <laughs> initial I reaction. Think, I think my initial reaction was probably more of the this really sucks – also because CIM does such a good job of making like their finish line so exciting for people who do qualify for trials. So to not get to kind of fully take part in that was disappointing, but I don't think that I went to CIM like knowing it was a sure thing. So with a little bit of space, it kind of didn't feel as upsetting as it maybe did like immediately after. Um, so it was like an emotional roller coaster for those couple of days being really disappointed, kind of coming to peace with it and then having a new exciting finish to actually come out of it so so I feel like it was such a big deal this past year the CIM finish line like I sat and watched it just glued to my screen watching all of the women coming in in the last what we'll say like the last minute and a half Mm -hmm. last 90 seconds celebrating do you remember when you finished that year and you missed the cutoff were there people celebrating at the finish were they still hanging out or were you like I'm here too guys like what (laughs) do you remember what it felt like then um I mean I I knew since I was like a minute and a half off, I knew that I wasn't getting the time. So I didn't have like, so I wasn't in shock when I crossed the line that like it didn't, you know, happen. Um, There were definitely people there. They had given, I know that year they had given like the qualifiers American flag. So there were some people that I knew who were clearly very excited and happy who had gotten the standard and weren't sure if they would. Um, So it was mixed emotions to be able to like, you know, want to support and cheer them on and be really happy for their achievements, but then kind of wish you could be the same and do the same. Um, but it's it's a very cool environment, whether or not you make it. It's just really cool to see people be that excited. So you get to run the trials in 2016. What was that like? That was the hot year. Hot in LA, but it's the Olympic marathon trials. <laughs> yeah. I had never done any kind of like elite start or any kind of, I don't know, super competitive race like that. So for me, it was very... Um, intimidating um and very exciting I probably let myself get a little too uh anxious about all of the pros and all of the details and things that I had never done before like bottles and just you know being around people who do that for their job um so I would in hindsight probably 
try to relax a little bit more to enjoy it. But it was still a really very memorable experience. And obviously it was good enough that I wanted to go back. So I'm looking forward to that for sure and getting to hear about it from like Veronica and other people's perspectives when they go for their first time to see what they think. So having done it and having now that you can look back and say, I wish I had been less anxious or whatever, what would you say now to Veronica and to anyone who's listening, who's running it for the first time this year? What's your advice having uh, been through it? Um, I would just say to enjoy it and to go in with very few like self-imposed expectations. Um, it is the only chance that we will have to like line up on the same race on the same day with all these other women whose names we know, whose times we follow, whose social media we follow, whatever. Like it's such a unique day to get to be all in one place and kind of both see how you stack up, but also just to get to have this shared experience. Um, so I think I would focus more on that aspect and less on the time and you know, really gunning for a specific performance and just being soaking in the details because who knows if we'll ever get this kind of opportunity again. Says the two-timer. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. Who knows? It's a once-in-a-lifetime, oh, twice-in-a-lifetime opportunity. <laughs> Probably three times. Three times. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's good advice. So, Veronica, as we're saying, like, oh, you know, how are you feeling? Do you have a goal? And you're saying you'll figure out what marathon pace is. She's saying don't focus too much on the time. <laughs> I was actually thinking that as you said it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> Can you do that? Are you a runner who can, like, not focus too much on the time? I feel like in the time I've known you, I know you as, like, Veronica with the specific goals. Yeah, I don't think I can do that. (laughs) Sorry, Alex. (laughs) I also think... Good advice, though. Really good. I think I'm not a knock on wood again. I'm not a very anxious person. Um, So having a time goal actually doesn't make me anxious. Like, I think it might a lot of people. Yeah. All right. So tell me, 2020 trials, what does getting to be there mean to each of you? I feel lucky um, because I know this happened to me twice while trying to qualify and I know other women who are as fit as me, more fit than me, who haven't qualified that you have to be in really great shape but you also have to be lucky. You have to have hit a marathon day with good weather. You can't have a fluke injury show up. You can't get a cold the week before. So... I think I just appreciate now that like there's a lot of women as fit as us who won't be on this line. So I don't, I'm just, I'm very fortunate as, you know, everyone jokes about hashtag blessed, <laughs> like <laughs> how ridiculous that is. But I, I have the last few weeks of just, as I've seen some friends not make it who should have made it. Um, that's kind of the angle I keep going back to. What does it mean to you this year? I'll still the same sentiment of feeling very lucky, but for different reasons. I feel like I'm, you know, qualified this year with very different like life circumstances. I'm a parent now, and that was not something I had to try to balance and figure out how to work um, my running schedule around the the previous time. So to kind of see how I was able to do that with obviously like amazing support from my husband and family and all of that. Um, that is something that I feel really lucky to have been able to do and figure out a way to make that make that work. So. And are they coming to Atlanta? Yeah, uh, my husband and my son and my mom are going to be there, so that's going to be really exciting. So when you're like, you know, it's a loop course, so you'll see them, I'm mm-hmm. guessing, multiple times. As you're coming toward the finish and you see your son, are you just going to be super calm and collected? <laughs> oh, obviously, that's <laughs> how I am all the time. Um... I have, he's come to a couple races, like he came to obviously when I qualified for the trials and then just some local New York Road Runner races and I still get a little like emotional every time I pass him and see him. So I think being 
you know, heading towards the finish line of the trials, which has been like a long journey, um, that will be very emotional and very rewarding and just feel very special to get to share that moment with, with him. So coming off of 2016, so you run the trials, what did the timeline look like in terms of having him deciding then I'm ready to start training again, I want to qualify again, like what did that look like for you? So he was born in the fall of 2017, Um, he came a couple months early, so that was an unexpected challenge, Uh, he was in the NICU for like five or six weeks, Um, and then... I didn't really put any pressure on myself or focus on running um, after he was born. And while I was pregnant, I I had thought that I would, or I'd hoped that I would be, and this has come up, I know, when you talk to other moms, um, I'd hoped that I would be one of the runners who was able to do it till, you know, the day I delivered and be doing marathons when I was pregnant, whatever. Um, that was not the case at all. Had a couple different, um, I don't know, not injuries necessarily, but discomfort points pop up here and there so I was really not running at all towards the couple weeks um, before I gave birth Um, so it took a little bit of time to get back to things and again because he was in the hospital and then because I was just a new mom it was not a priority so kind of let things just progress somewhat naturally until I felt like an urge to get back at it so seriously he was born in 2017 and I qualified for the trials in Philadelphia marathon in 2018 so almost a year after he was born I think looking back, maybe that was a little bit of an aggressive push. (laughs) Um, No one else at all had any expectations for me. It was purely, you know, my own personal drive to, I think, want to just get back to feeling like myself and doing things that were part of my routine. Running is such a social activity for me, too. I'm so lucky to have, like, a really core group of girlfriends that I run with every day so I'm not being able to do that was really tough and really pulled me back into the park but at the same time I think that it's I underestimated maybe how exhausting and how time consuming trying to fit real marathon training in um to this new like normal would be um but you know it we made it work and I took a nice long break after Philly um, and I'm really just now, I think, finally coming back into another groove of wanting to have training be another large part of, of how I spend my time every day. So when you said Philly, when you chose that race, mm-hmm. did you choose it with the goal of qualifying or was it more of, I just want to get back to running, I want to train for a marathon and see? I chose Philly with the goal of qualifying. I had done some shorter races leading into that and felt like I didn't want to wait until the last minute to try to qualify. It was like the urge... The urge was there when I signed up for Philly. Um, I don't think that I like fully processed what it was going to take to do that when I signed up. Um, and then obviously, like indirect peer pressure was certainly <laughs> contributing to that. Veronica, and Veronica's so face. <laughs> we're doing CIM My that fault. year, and so I definitely did not want to feel "quote unquote" left behind. Um, so that was a, a motivator, and I stuck to Philly because it's just like the convenience of it being here on the East Coast instead of having to fly and add that extra logistical challenge. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like for as long as I've known each of you, I've known you together. Um, <laughs> it's like something you say to a couple that you're like, you're amazing separate, but I love you together. Cheers on your wedding. Um, but, but truly I associate the two of you with each other, with Central Park, with the orange singlets blazing by for as long as I would like wave. I'm like, so maybe someday they'll notice me. Um, You mentioned the social aspect is a big part of what got you back. I want to talk about how you two met. 
Do you remember the first time you met? I do. I did a lot oh, of research. Oh, you didn't look so sure. I think I do, but I'm like, I'm not sure. Well, it probably wasn't as memorable for Alex. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had just, I had moved to New York in the summer of 2011 um, and joined Central Park Track Club immediately. And don't, for some reason, didn't cross Alex's path for a while or any of the girls I ended up becoming really close to until that winter, I think. Um, I was really good friends with our friend Mayor, and we did different morning schedule, I think, than everyone else. And I ran into Alex and our friend Lindsay, who you're friends Aww. with, in the park one day, and we knew we were on the same team, and one of them casually mentioned they were also running Boston 2012. So they, I asked, I think I Facebook messaged one of you and said, can I, which I'm now apt to do, I reach out to a lot of random runners, <laughs> I said, can I join your long run next week? Um, and so that was our first real conversation. I went back actually after we agreed to be on the show and looked at my log to figure out and when I of met Of course them. you researched it. <laughs> of <did>. course. <laughs> and um, all I wrote was that I like met them in the park. They took me over the GW Bridge and it was too fast and horrible. <laughs> and I was scarred for life and never ran over the GW Bridge again. It's not great for running. I mean, <laughs> they were also much faster than me <laughs> and it was very traumatic. But I really liked them. And so I think we still hung out at the Boston Marathon Expo. It's mm -hmm. our first photo together. We all died a very hot death that year. <laughs> it was very hot. hot yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think that just like created a, a bond. So then we started running a lot together. So. I think that's really cool that you reached out. I know, and maybe it's different when you're like confident and fast, but I know that for me, I was so afraid to run with people for so long. And Lindsay, who you mentioned, was one of my first running friends. And I was like, oh my God, I'm a real runner. Like Lindsay's like really cool and fast and legit. <laughs> she, and she wants to run with me. She ran my first ever 15 miler with me. And like... We did it as a whole group, and then toward the end, like, everyone was kind of dropping off, like, had stuff to do, um, and Lindsay and I just kept looping the bridal path, and so she was, like, with me when I hit 15 miles. Anyway, um, since I'm guessing she's going to listen. <laughs> she better. Hey, Lindsay, <laughs> mo please move back. Everyone needs to stop moving away. Uh, but I think it's really cool that you reached out. I think a lot of people probably listening wouldn't just reach out and say, hey, can I join your long run? So I think it's really cool that you did that. Obviously, it worked out. Mm -hmm. What do you, Alex, what do you remember about Veronica? I remember that run for sure, um, going over GW Bridge. And I also have, like, a very visceral memory of being on, like, the upper loop of Central Park and her introducing herself as, like, the law student from Boston. <laughs> and I didn't know anyone who was, like, in law school. And I remember thinking that that was, like, very smart and very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler, um, it's not. <laughs> uh, but... No, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like I have such a terrible memory when it comes to just, like, I don't know, those early days of our friendship, but it was definitely a very, like, natural kind of relationship that developed between us and Lindsay and then a whole handful of other girls from, um, you know, the Central Park Track Club is really where we all met and what brought us all together. Um, and, yeah, it's pretty incredible to be able to have a core group of people in such a huge city that has, you know, so many different personalities and people yeah. feel lucky that we found each other. Well, I'm curious about the dynamic of the group when you joke about like peer pressure brought me in and I didn't want to be left behind. What is sort of the vibe of your group? I imagine it's got to be super supportive if you're, you know, still hanging out and like each other, but how much is it just straight up support? How much are you like involved in each other's training? What does it look like? I think it's evolved a lot. Um, at the start, 
we were probably all within 10 to 15 minutes of each other time-wise in marathons. Everyone, I think, it was an equally important part of their life. Um, and then as the years have gone on, this is like a nine-year friendship at this point, some people have had kids or taken jobs as principals or just had other things become more important in their lives. And everyone's still running, you know, six days a week, running marathons. So, you know, when I say not as important in their life, it's still very important. Um, but some of us have decided to make it, you know, one of their number one priorities and some don't. So everyone seems to be supportive of whatever stage running is at that moment. And then we can still come together and like have brunch and have wine. And, you know, maybe only two people did a workout this day. And two people are like, I'm not running this month because I'm over it for a bit. <laughs> um, and so it's nice that while running was definitely the central focus of our friendship, you become so close because you run every day side by side talking each other's ear off, that when you're not running, you can still be best friends, even if you're not together. Um, so it's definitely different today than it was before. But, like, they're all coming to the trials. They still support everyone, you know, unconditionally, even if they're kind of like, I don't really care about running right now. <laughs> There's something, and I mean, obviously, we talk about this every week, but running friendships are so cool to me because you figure you've got 20 miles together, which, I mean, for me, that's, like, three and a half hours probably. For you guys, that's like an hour and a half. But that's a long time to be bonding with someone. That's a lot that your body is going through. So would you agree that your running friendships are so different from your non-running friendships? Yeah, they're they're definitely really deep. Yeah. Oh, um, I thought you were going to just say, like, we talk about bathrooms more. But <laughs> we do. Yeah, yeah bathrooms okay. are just, you know, part, part of the of conversation. It. But I feel like there's a vulnerability. Well, first of all, you're not looking at each other. So, cause you're side by side. So personally, I think that helps you kind of are just like talking into an abyss. You don't see judgmental faces. You're not nervous. Um, so I definitely have word vomit on the run in a way that I would never sitting across the table from someone on like a date. Like whenever Dan wants, my husband wants to like talk, he loves to talk. He's always like, let's like go out to dinner. I'm like, that's I'm not gonna talk at dinner. <laughs> let's go for a walk. That's how I talk. Um, so I think he just like, I don't want to look at you. <laughs> not what I mean. He's so lucky. Yeah, so lucky. Um, but yeah, I think there's just a way to be side by side with someone um, early in the morning, in the dark. It could be in a lot of pain, and you just like feel this connection that it's like a total judgment free zone. At least how I feel my running friendships are. Um, so I definitely open up in a very different way. That's a really, I've never heard someone talk about it like that, that you're not looking at each other. That is so interesting. Yeah. Do you agree? I do agree. Um, I also hadn't really framed it like that in my own mind, but I can see how that would be like a more appealing environment to open <laughs> up for sure. I mean, I think also because we generally are like morning, the morning runner crew, like there are only so many people who are willing to get up at, I mean, you're one of them, Allie, but <laughs> we're willing to get up at, you know, before 5 a.m. to be out the door to mm -hmm. kind of spend that much time um, on their feet and pushing their bodies to a certain limit. And so to just have that piece in common, it mm -hmm. means that, like, you know that the person you're sharing that time with, like, wants to be with you, wants to kind of have the same interests that you have, um, and the same dedication that you have and really understands what it is you're you're doing and why you're out there. Um, and so that alone, I think, makes it that much easier to then feel comfortable sharing and opening up other parts of your life to them. Mm -hmm. 
So when all three of us lived in the city, Alex, you're still there. We lived in the same building mm-hmm. for like a little bit. <laughs> um, and then Veronica, I feel like we got to know each other when we got dogs around the same time and went to the same dog park. And then we moved to New Jersey first, my family. And you were thinking about it. Or, I'm sorry, Dan was thinking about it. And you so didn't want to move to Jersey. And of course, I was like begging you to come across the river. But your main reason, at least as I remember it, was you didn't want to leave your running group because you were at such a time. I mean, I remember having this very real conversation mm-hmm. where you were like, I want to qualify for the trials. I have big goals right now. And that they played such a part in it. So talk to me about the role that they've played in you getting to chase your goals. Whew, I could talk about this for how long you <laughs> <Do> got. <it. laughs> well, I know, I think Alex gets really uncomfortable when I say this, um, but it's so true. The only reason this is my goal is because it was her goal. Um, and this sounds so bratty in hindsight, but I remember when Alex first told us she was going to go for it. I think she'd just run like a 254, 255 somewhere. She's like, I'm going to go for the trials next year. Or in 11 months. She didn't have that much time. And I remember telling my older sister, she has to take 11 minutes off. Who does she think she is? <laughs> so like, supportive. Yeah. I think I was definitely supportive to her face. Um, <laughs> but I remember thinking, this is outrageous. No one, because it took me like five years to go from a 305 to a 259. So an 11 minute jump seemed just not touchable. Um, and there was this one really poignant run I can like picture in my mind. It was in the morning, but it was dark, so it was very early still, and she was training for Chicago, I think, and she had like 10 miles on marathon pace, or 15 miles on marathon pace, and at the time, I was thinking, my half marathon time is about her pace for the marathon, so I'm going to do half her distance with her, and she, we did it together, and then I stopped, and she kept going, and I think I turned to a friend that we were with, or maybe I thought this, and I said, if that's what it takes to get to the trials... I want no part of this. (laughs) Like, I am so done with this workout, and she is in the dark at 6 a.m. by herself doing five more miles at this pace. Um, And I just thought, there's no way anything's worth that. I'm so ready to go back home and get into bed. (laughs) And then at Chicago, she got so close, and I was just like, got child's fever from her. And then when she, I think she came home, and I was maybe peer pressuring her to maybe do CIM a little bit. (laughs) And she did CIM. And then when she missed it, we were so upset. I'm sure she was more upset than I was, but I was very upset. And when they started chattering about changing the times, I like, my mind blew. So at that moment, I just, I was like, Alex did it. I'm doing it. Like she just jumped off the exact same amount of time. I had to lop off. I'd done a 254 that year. So I needed at this point nine minutes. Um, So... Yeah, I only have this dream because she was crazy enough to dream it first. (laughs) And then she did, even pregnant, she did workouts with me. I tried to do it in Boston 2018, and she hadn't done a single workout. And she did half of a marathon pace run with me, like, shocked everyone, left her child, and was like, I'll help you, Veronica. Um, So she's the reason I have this goal. And then, obviously, our whole group of friends are uber supportive. JC's, you know, jumping into any workout she could. People will meet you in the morning and then do their own workout. So, I mean, it really is a team effort. I wouldn't have, I definitely wouldn't have had a desire to do it alone. Um, but it started with Alex. So <laughs> it's her fault. If you ask my husband why I'm still doing this. <laughs> it's her fault. You're the one to blame. Did, when did you know that? Like, did you say to her, 
um, Alex, that workout looks like it's going to suck. You're doing great. Uh, fast forward a month. Uh, you're the reason I want to do this. Did she tell you? We've had somewhat of a similar yeah. conversation before. I can't remember if it was... I want. I feel like it was before Boston, probably. Um, before like you were trying to yeah. um, chase the time there. Or maybe even before it was Chicago. I'm not sure. But we've talked a little bit about it. Um, obviously, it's always nice to hear very like kind, flattering things from your friends. Um, and I feel like seeing Veronica able to like just completely demolish the cutoff time um, at CIM was such a thrill for me to get to. I mean, I, I would have done anything to be there. I'm so, so regretful that I wasn't able to be there in person to like celebrate with her um, because I know how much time and effort she put into this goal. Um, and I you know, know how much it takes to get there. Um, and I feel like, you know, for myself, like being able to do this a second time, like that's where I draw even more heavily on like this friendship and these relationships with these other women um, because I certainly would not have had the um, willpower to keep going out and um, pushing myself if I didn't have the encouraging voices behind me saying that it was like a realistic thing to expect of myself to to do and to do in the time frame that I did um, and then to like want to be able to go to trials because I knew Veronica was going to be going um that also has just been super motivating so it's been pretty incredible it feels very special to to have I don't know this relationship with me all right so you say that you want to qualify Veronica's secretly judging and thinking 11 minutes <laughs> that's worst. pretty who does she think she is she comes to you says I want to qualify she's got to shave 11 minutes off her time what was your reaction I mean, I think it seemed, I don't, Alex was nothing but supportive. (laughs) (laughs) You win the friendship. (laughs) That is not a contest. I don't know. I mean, I think they also, not just because I want it for Veronica, but then I want it for myself too. Because it was like, well, sweet, if Veronica is going to be there, then like, why not both try and get there? So, no, it's great. So how did it impact your training when you moved to New Jersey? Oh, it was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't think it impacted my training at all. Um, it just impacted the logistics. So we live near you on the bus line. So I had to do a lot of, um, like, taking the 5 a.m. bus in to Port Authority, dropping myself off at a gym, meeting them in the park, and then showering at the gym before work. And where it kind of became a pain was that the buses didn't run before 5 a.m. And we used to meet at 5 a.m. So I, and the gyms didn't open till 6 a.m. So we actually got to run together less because of it, because she was waking up with Will and had to be home in time to help him, you know, get him to daycare. Um, so it, it definitely changed who my day-to-day workout partners had to be, because I wasn't going to pay a $30 Uber every time I wanted to come in <laughs> to run in the morning. Um, so, I mean, if anything, it expanded my running circle, which has been a great blessing in disguise, but... I didn't, that last year, I definitely didn't get to do as many workouts with Alex or the other Central Park girls as I previously had, so that was a really, really big bummer in my eyes, um, but luckily my, you know, my office was right next to a New York Sports Club, and it was half a mile from the park, so with some logistical planning, it was very doable. I still hit all my miles. But geez, I mean, we talk about, like, the the lifestyle, the dedication that it takes to chase these goals, and as I'm thinking, you know, like... 
the pro runners who get to do their first long run at 9 a.m. and then recover all day. Like, you're managing a newborn after which you drop into conversation casually and maybe it's because it's been a while but like oh five to six weeks in the NICU several months early like that as a fellow new mom like I would not come back from that I would not be sitting here and I would not be okay and I would certainly not be running well regardless of the circumstances (laughs) I'm not running qualifying time but you know you're you have so much going on and you come back and do this you're like memorizing the bus routes into the city at 5 a.m. to get to the gym at this and that and then showering and getting to work and then working a full day like I just kind of want to just again point out and applaud the dedication that it takes to do this and I think that we look at when we talk about the trials and all the hype around it we talk a lot about the times and what time you got in under and what race it happened at like we're just not talking enough about what it takes to get there. And so to hear this is just kind of blowing my mind that like, I see you running in the park and you're running fast. Cool. Good job. (laughs) I'm not like, Oh my gosh, they woke up at this time to get there at this time. And then like it, there's just so much more to it than just showing up and running fast. And I think that that just needs to be applauded. So I bow down to both of you. Let's take a quick break in this conversation to talk about our sponsor aftershocks. Let's take a peek into my inbox, shall we? I recently received an email from a woman named Kara and her dog, Winter. I I assume Kara is the one who did the typing, and here's what she wrote. Hi, Allie. I've read your blog for several years and now listen to your podcast as well. Hi, Kara. Thank you. I'm not usually the type to email people I've never actually met, but I thought you'd be happy to learn that I got a pair of aftershocks because I got a dog. So, okay, Kara, my two favorite things. She went on to tell me that she's wanted a dog for years, but that she traveled a lot internationally, so that made it hard, but that she and her husband bought a house in Salt Lake City and just officially welcomed Winter, a rescue dog from the Utah Humane Society, to their family. All right, but the point here is also the headphones. Dogs, but also headphones. Winter loves her runs as much as her mom, Kara said, and the aftershocks are just perfect. I can listen to music or a podcast while still being very aware of my surroundings and helping Winter practice what we're learning in obedience school. So thank you. And to that I say, Kara, thank you. You saved a puppy's life. You gave it a forever home and you got yourself some aftershocks. You are winning at life. If you want to win at life like Kara, go rescue a dog. But first, get yourself a pair of Aftershocks wireless headphones, the very best headphones for runners and dog lovers alike. Go to ontherun.aftershocks.com and get $50 off your wireless headphone endurance bundle. This includes headphones, a water bottle, a shoe bag that's great for traveling, and so much more. That's ontherun.aftershocks.com for $50 off. Now let's get back to Alex and Veronica and their beautiful friendship. Is there a chance in Atlanta that you might run part of the race together? I think that depends on how gutsy Alex wants to be. <laughs> we have very different racing strategies. Yes. Oh, what are they? I win. Am a pr- yes, win. You never we know. Are both going to the Olympics? Let's put that. Up. Hey, hey. <laughs> did Sarah Sollers think she was going to get second in Boston? True. Did you think in Boston 2018? Do you want to talk about Boston 2018? Yeah. That sure. was your first. That was your first go. I know. I'm like. It was my second go, over. actually. Okay. Which is why it felt more annoying. That so, it happened. <laughs> second go. So, when was the first time that you went for the qualifier? 
Chicago 2017. Chicago. Okay. Um, but it was my first DNF. So I pulled a very rookie rookie move. Two weeks out, I did a long run into a 10-mile race, the Bronx 10K. And had just gotten engaged a few weeks earlier, and my parents drove up to look at venues with us. And I finished the 10-mile race, run half a mile to the New York Sports Club in the Bronx, who should probably sponsor me after this podcast, <laughs> by the way. Boston um, Sports Club, I believe. Yes, now I go to Boston Sports Club. Um, took like a 30-second shower, and my parents and my now husband were waiting in a car outside the New York Sports Club for me to get in to drive two and a half hours up to our potential wedding venue, then drove two and a half hours back 30 minutes later. Um, and two days later, I had torn my hamstring. <laughs> so it was like a partial, you know, every runner has tears in their hamstring. So it's very, you know, at different levels. And I was able to run, couldn't do workouts, should have probably shut it down and didn't because I was stubborn and went to Chicago and was you know, limping by mile 10. So that felt unfortunate because I felt like I was in pretty good shape and I thought, you know, on a good day I would have gotten it. Um, it was a little warm that day, so in all honesty, I might not have gotten it, um, which I tell myself is true so that I don't let my own stupidity and, you know, sitting in a car after a workout be the cause. Um, so then I decided to do Boston 2018. Which, if we recall, it was a bit wet and cold. <laughs> Driving <laughs> winds. <laughs> Torrential downpours. Yeah. yeah, so that was your second go. And I mean, but you still went for it. I felt like I was in such good shape. Um, I was in way better shape than Chicago. So I was like, if I thought I was going to get it five months ago, I'm definitely getting it. I remember um, talking to a friend who had been helping me with training about two weeks out. And he said, you know, Chicago, I think you needed a good day. In Boston, you need a, like, hail storm of all storms to not get it. Like, <laughs> and then it happened. <laughs> Spoiler, he blew it. Um, so, or I, think it, I think he said an act of God or something to make it not happen. So I went in really confident. Um, and the day before, I was talking to people, and everyone said, you know, don't, don't ruin your race for this. Like, put your ego aside. Um, and, you know, my friend had been helping me. He said, you want to leave this race still proud of who you are as a runner. And if you go for 244 and then you're walking the last six miles, you don't know who you are as a runner at that point. You're not going to have a new time mark. Um, I obviously didn't listen. <laughs> and I went for it um, through about mile 21. And then just caught up to me. I couldn't hold fluids down. I don't know if that was the new gel I was trying out or the cold or something and the wind got me so ended up four minutes off again and that one hurt pretty bad yeah so walk us through that because you finished you got 13th overall mm -hmm. which I mean on paper in hindsight at Boston, cool. pretty damn impressive <laughs> but as we know as we runners know when yeah. you have a specific goal it, you know it's like the people who PR by like 45 minutes but didn't get the OTQ the right. BQ whatever by 30 seconds and thus it's a fail right. so 13th overall um, you did ultimately get some prize money that day right yes so that's good very dramatically, very dramatically yes um, but you did and so on paper that's a good day but to you. Yeah, and I was actually told that day by a few people that, you know, once I got the time, I look back really fondly on the day. And I don't know if fondly is the right <laughs> word. Um, I look back on, like, the gutsiness of the day and feel really proud of what happened. But, like, I didn't know I'd placed 13th for, like, an hour because I, I mean, you know, your fingers are so cold you couldn't turn on your phone. So I just spent, like, 
an hour in dramatic despair that I hadn't gotten the time. Um, and then when I what reali- does that look like though? What is dramatic despair? Like <laughs> what did you write in your log? What is dramatic? <laughs> can we call? Can we get Dan to call in for this? No one saw this. Well, the oh. news. It's on the news. Actually, the news saw this. Um, oh yes. I'm gonna yeah. link to it in the show notes. I was I was bawling, like, and it was pouring rain, and I couldn't undo my bags. My hands are so cold, and I was. Going back to a Boston sports club to shower. Shout out again. <laughs> Hashtag ad. Sponsor me. Um, and it was like multiple blocks away. And so I just couldn't get there. And I was still wearing, you know, bra and underwear, basically. And I would just stop and bawl. And everyone asked me what was happening. And, you know, I couldn't explain why I was so upset. Um, and I do, in hindsight, think I was just really tired. And that makes you Maybe cry. hungry. I was probably hungry. Yeah. I'd thrown up a lot that day. So I think I was very dramatic. <laughs> is what I'm really going to say. But I I think that, and this is another thing where, like, even I've had bad races, right? Mm-hmm. Back when I used to really care about my times. And bad races, I would really beat myself up um, for all different reasons. And I think that we, a lot of people, I'm saying kind of we, putting a big, assuming everyone feels this way, um... But I feel like it's okay to care a lot about running mm-hmm. and to care a lot about these goals and to feel really sad, not for the rest of your life. Right. Um, but I think that that's okay to be really emotional about something that you've put so much time. I mean, we're talking about the, the logistics of it all alone. Like how many 5 a.m. buses did you take into the city to then sit and work all day and try to like, I don't know. I just think that we need to... Um, allow ourselves space to feel our feelings. Um, yes. And so I I applaud you for feeling your feelings that day. You definitely <laughs> let them be felt. <laughs> yeah. And then build off them though for CIM. Like it's yeah. if nothing else that gave you more fire to fuel your just like yeah. utter dominance. <laughs> and let's compare. Let's compare. So all right, so that's Boston 2018. Yeah. And then CIM 2018, which was just what seven, eight, nine months later, mm-hmm. math is so hard for me. Um, but end of the year, we go from April to December. You qualify. Let's compare what we see at the finish lines. Which, again, I need to find a way to like have everyone iconic. listening see these. But I mean, it's like the iconic CIM finish line photo seen around the running industry with your arms up. You ran a two forty one. Mm-hmm. So you had almost. Four minutes. Oh, it's two forty-one high. So okay, three and change. Okay, so still blew it yeah. out of the water. When at CIM did you know it was happening for you? I think around at twenty. I vividly remember that because um, because I had failed twice. I was not looking to like be a hero and wanted to go through in two forty-four fifty-nine. I was like, just get it. This <laughs> is get this monkey off your back. That training cycle was amazing for many reasons, but it was also uh, not amazing for a lot of reasons. I think because it became a monkey on my back. I've like, never heard that phrase, and I love it, by the way. Really? really? Is that common? I think so. A monkey on my back? It's adorable. <laughs> I think Go it's on. common. Go I have on. heard it, unless it's just from Veronica. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe it's like in your group. <laughs> Something else on my back, a cloud over me, I don't know. It was a, a pressure I'd put on myself. No one else put this on. Um, but... That's what was, like, fueling that cycle, whereas the other cycles was about just, like, trying to be the best runner I could be. And CIM, it was about hitting a time. Um, So I think at mile 20, I realized I had so much energy. My legs felt so good. 
I was just ready to roar. Um, and I was running with my friend Harriet. We'd you know, gone step for step through most workouts and the whole race at that point. And I said, I've never felt like this. I need to go. Like, I'm not going to hit the wall. She said, let's wait another mile or two. <laughs> Don't be, which is usually my role, <laughs> telling people to hold on. Um, so we chilled for another, like, two miles. But at that point, I knew I had it. So that was, a, those six miles were definitely the happiest running miles of my life. I remember thinking it, like, 24, 25, like, I can't believe I only have another mile. Like, I want this to continue forever. I feel like I've just never felt this way before. So it was worth it in the end to have that <laughs> sweet relief. Um, but yeah, it took a while to get there. <laughs> Describe the feeling at the finish line. Oh my God, I, I think I just screamed. Um, like flew my hands into the air, threw my body into someone who's openly hugging people. Um, and just a random person. Yeah, I don't, couldn't pick her out of the crowd. Um, and then turned and happened to see a girl who's now become a really good friend in Boston, um, Rachel, who I knew but didn't know well at all. Um, standing there because she had run the race much faster than me um, and she saw me crying so she started crying so we like held in a big hug and it was you know people have seen the photos of CIM this year last year was the exact same thing um, so it was just like pure elation at that point it's so awesome yeah. I love to picture that photo it's just <laughs> the best so okay before I went on this tangent we were talking about your your racing strategies and how oh. they're different and will we maybe be running parts of the trials together. Yeah, I'm going to say no because I like I'm I my goal is always to like just barely negative split. Um, and I usually can do that by like 10 to 20 seconds. And I write splits all over my hands for every mile or every 5 mile marker and I follow those splits until mile 20. Um, and they're almost all exactly even. Alex definitely starts more conservative and then Every race sneaks up and ends up finishing right in front of me, right next to me, right behind me. <laughs> but we never see each other the whole race. <laughs> it's pretty much how it goes. Is the way that you run your races a metaphor for your lives? Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> There's no question. I feel that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So you, we talked about your move to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Now you live in Boston. So before it was, I can commute in and it'll take mm-hmm. some, you know, planning and I can still run with my girls. You moved to Boston, which I think is great. You're closer to family. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. We miss you terribly here. Um, I will tell you that every day for the rest (laughs) of your life. Uh, The decision to move to Boston, how much did your running crew factor in? And what was that like? Was that a hard hard move or were you just excited to get to be near family? I I think the running crew factored more into the amount of time that I was willing to stay before we moved. Um, it was, it was like really the cause that was keeping me here. Um, and then it just became being away from my family made me more unhappy than running could make me happy. And so I was applying to jobs in New York and Boston. Um, and the Boston ones came through and at that, like I would have had to have a dream job option to stay in New York and I would not have required a dream job to go to Boston. Um, because as wonderful as these girls are, I'm also a huge family person. And, like, my siblings and my parents are everything to me. So when partially probably because we lived in New Jersey and I wasn't seeing them every day and they started having kids. So just the amount of time we were together. Oh, dear. Yeah. Thanks, Will. Very selfish. Yeah. Um, just there wasn't as much of a reason to be like, this is worth the unhappiness being away from my family. So it was really hard leaving them. would say... 
the worst, it was the worst part of the move by far. Um, but I'm, you know, I came here today to go for a run with them, so I'll still come back. I come a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so tell us about finding your new crew in Boston. I see you running with people, mm-hmm. which is exciting. I see you <laughs> running with our friend Amanda, yes. and I get excited about that. <laughs> uh, how did you go about finding new running buddies? Um, DM them on Facebook, probably. Yeah, some of them. (laughs) Um, So there was kind of like one thread of friendships I've made where this girl, Rachel, from CIM, um, she basically just was so outrageously welcoming and plucked me into her group of friends. And they're a bunch of young 30 women, some mothers, some not, some pregnant, where running has played a central role in their life at different points, you know, much like the Central Park girls. Um... I'm currently one of the, a few going all in on running. A lot of them aren't going all in on running right now, but they still run every day. Um, and they're just so wonderful and welcoming. So those have been my like everyday runners and also brunchers and dinners and everything. They're, they've been fantastic. And then I did do a lot of Facebook messaging <laughs> for big workouts. Alex is just like nodding her head like, yeah, she does Yeah, that. there were a lot of Instagram <laughs> DMs and Facebooks to reach out to the OTQ community in um, Boston. And I joined a new team up there, Tracksmith. And the coach there, or the organizer, Lou, um, was really great about like sending me phone numbers and emails of women who had run... Um, or, you know, around my speed and would say, oh, you're like, I'd say, I want to do this workout this week. Um, and he would send me the emails of a bunch of girls to contact. So a lot of cold calling. <laughs> um, but I found kind of a pretty nice mix of people to run with every day and people to do workouts with. Obviously, it you know takes time to find your crew again. Um, like emotionally, socially, I've found a really nice group. And now I'm trying to find the big tempo like today we had 15 girls starting a tempo run at 610 pace so I don't have that yet in Boston but I think I can make it happen okay 15 people maybe 10 12 but still but still yeah. yeah so I feel like I saw this happen maybe a week or two ago and Alex you might have been part of this that it was like all the like New York City women who are running the trials mm-hmm. from all different teams in the city all did like a 16 mile tempo or something just bonkers maybe it wasn't a tempo that's just your pace uh but I think that's really special about the New York City running community and obviously you two are such an example of that just how you've become friends here but do you feel Alex do you feel that the New York City running community leading up to the trials is something special absolutely um you know and I think um, you had had Sarah Cummings on here before, and you had Jenny Donnelly on r- earlier, and they're you know key parts of that. Um, Sarah is like the like connector connector <laughs> of Central Park. Like she has been incredible in trying to draw us all together and um, give us all that experience to kind of get to know each other better before trials. It's been a fun um, opportunity to have reason to kind of reach beyond team boundaries and get to um, spend some time with women that I haven't had maybe that close contact with before you know it's like we see each other at races so there's a lot of familiar faces but when you're racing each other you're not having those deep conversations like Veronica talked about and so it's been nice to yeah have that opportunity <laughs> Ellie I'm getting some puppy kisses <laughs> <laughs> Ellie um, Ellie come here sweetie can you lay down I know she's like oh, I sense you're getting emotional and you need my love I'm a therapy dog thank you she's Ellie. not really <laughs> all dogs are therapy dogs 
But yeah, it does feel like the New York running community is special in many ways. I think Central Park too just is a great just resource and natural place for us to all be drawn together to know that we can find each other on any given weekday morning, weekend morning, really at any time you're, you're bound to find someone who's a familiar face. Um, and so that alone is pretty um, incredible. And then to have the trials as a shared experience and a shared goal um, just amplifies the, I don't know, the enjoyment of getting to be with these women. So you're not doing all of your training runs together. You're in separate cities now training mm -hmm. for the same goal. What do you do as friends, as running buddies? What do you do to support each other from afar? Well, I will say you've talked about this or you've brought it up a couple of times, but I didn't get a chance to say like Veronica literally will do anything to maintain her friendship. She is so like selfless in that way. So when she was talking before about living in New Jersey and having to come in and like deal with all those 5 a.m. logistics, like a lot of that was because of me, like, yes, some of it was the bus schedule, but like she also did not have to come in quite as early in many mornings, um, but really like made things uncomfortable for herself and more difficult for herself just to be able to share time with me and work around my schedule. Um, so, and she still does that now that she's in Boston, like being here this weekend is, you know, not something she has to do. I know she's enjoying it to. too, but like, it's pretty incredible that she's, you know, been here at least twice so far this training cycle. We've been able to do yeah. things. Um, and, uh, I think we, we both use the same like log to record our runs, so we follow up with each other for sure there too. Whose is more dramatic? Probably mine. Uh, probably. I just, you posted those excerpts the other day. <laughs> they were very emo. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, mine's definitely, I'm more wordy. <laughs> I, hey, I applaud that. I love wordy. Yeah. But it's like a nice way to stay mm -hmm. in touch with each other and to feel like we're connected and know what's going on on a, on a running front yeah. um but yeah I guess we are a little emotional in there so so we get some of the some of those pieces of our lives <laughs> stay connected as well it's weird because it's it's I guess like social media how people say you feel like you know what's going on with each other's lives but you haven't talked in years I feel like because I every other day or so will log on to see how Alex's run went I'll be like oh I haven't actually texted Alex in the last three weeks <laughs> But I feel like I know everything that's going on in her life right now. I should probably text Alex <laughs> um, to talk about these things I know going on in her life. And whereas if we didn't have that log, which we do kind of pour our emotion into, um, we'd probably communicate more. Yeah. Um, because we can follow these things as if we were still running together every day. So what did today's running log update look like for each of you? I didn't get to do it yet. Yeah, haven't done Aww. it yet. It was such a big run and a big workout that I want to give it ample yeah. time. So It needs its respect. <laughs> I love it. It's like a different sector of blogging. Yeah. But like very, And mine very will be emotional niche. because I've been like looking forward to this run for a long time. Knowing I was going to be here, be a part of like thoughts that I know have been going on in the city and picturing picturing myself in those groups every weekend because for years I was. So I know how great they are. Um, so just in my head for the past many, like two months ago, I kind of penciled this weekend in, but didn't, didn't commit or tell anyone because my brother and sister-in-law are due to have a baby this weekend. So I wanted, and they're up in Maine, so I didn't want to be coming down if that was going on. But in my head, I knew there was a good chance I was going to be here and I'd been like picturing this last big workout for a very long time. <laughs> um, so I'll have a lot to say. <laughs> and those are good vibes to send you into the taper. Yeah, totally. Do we like taper? Yeah, I'm fine with it. Great. Oh, 
it's like not. I need it. My legs need it. Uh, but I don't. Everything hurts in a taper. That's true. Like your muscles aren't used to not being so stressed. So I feel like you start to feel fake injuries and you know, I can't sleep as well. I just want to keep you both in little bubbles. Yeah. All right. So before we're going to do our sprint to the finish. But um, before we do that, I want to know a little bit about the general. We talked specifically about New York. We've talked a bit about your time in Boston. Big picture, this OTQ community. Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe it's just because, like, as an outsider, I'm really hyped on it right now. And I think it's cool to see women who, like I keep saying, are working full time, have a lot of responsibilities, do extraordinary things and run these extraordinary times. What does it mean to each of you to be a part of that community? It makes me feel validated is the wrong word. Um, but I feel like sometimes this is a really selfish goal. It takes time away from other people. It's very all about, I mean, it's about your community, but it's also very me, me, me. It's like, get the time I want um, you know you help friends in workouts you support each other but it's a very inward looking goal and to be a part of a community where there's 500 other women who value it similarly to the way I do just kind of makes me feel less silly about it like it's okay to care this much like what you're saying about being upset you know there's 500 other women on this line who have decided to make this a priority at some point over the last two years and it just makes it feel more like worthwhile, like you're not doing something quite so selfish. Like there's other people out there doing this. You're not outrageous. <laughs> so yeah, I like feeling like I've found my people. <laughs> oh man, I don't know how much more I have to add to that. I feel like that really touches on a similar, similar place that I'm at. Um, it feels very um, just yeah rewarding to be able to kind of see that all of the time, the effort, whatever, you know, that we put into this um, to reach that ultimate goal. I, while I say that at the same time, I feel a little like wrong about that because while like running under 245 and being able to say that you have the OTQ is really, really important. It's like anyone who ran a 245.05 is like, still right. just as accomplished, put in just as much work and like deserves as, to feel as, you know, like special and I don't know, proud. Um, and so I have a little bit of like mixed emotion, but I guess that comes with any kind of, you know, time goal out there. Um, but it really, it feels special to be able to yeah, be like recognized for that, that time, that work that um, we've dedicated <laughs> ourselves too. Well, I recognize you. And Thanks, I'm just in awe of you both. And, you know, I need to shave off several hours <laughs> from my marathon time. But I mean, if you can do 11 minutes, what's... Right? If Alex many... can do it, you can do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> breaking six in the mile and yeah, all this. I was off. So. Oh, guys, I was on a treadmill. <laughs> that's your marathon pace. It's just crazy. But but truly, I mean, I, I think that what you're doing is amazing. I think that the running on its own is amazing, but to see the way that you and your whole group of women support each other and encourage each other and get each other to dream bigger and, and believe in yourselves and each other, I just think is is cool and it's what the world needs more of right now. So like, you know, we preach about like women supporting women and yeah, like brands can preach about that all they want, but to see it in real life for no with no other motive than wanting each other to be better, I just think is is awesome. 
So I have just so many warm and fuzzies. <laughs> so okay, um, what are you most excited about for the trials for that weekend? It did not be ninety degrees. And to <laughs> get to Don't jinx it. it. Don't jinx yeah, the weather. I know. <laughs> no, I'm really I'm excited to just be able to be there with all of the people that I like know who have qualified who now like live across the country. It's hard to met. Like it's there are people who I met at the last trials who I know I'll get to see again. And I can't believe it's been four years of like knowing them. But time has passed so quickly, so I'm just excited to share that with with everyone again. Um, I love racing, and so I'm so excited to race. I haven't. I've only raced once in the last three months, so I'm really itching to get out there, <laughs> to yeah. be on that line. All right. Well, I can't wait to be there cheering you both on. It's gonna be mm-hmm. so much fun. Before we get to Atlanta, we need to do our sprint to the finish. How are we feeling? You both just sat up a little straighter. Like, this is very serious. <laughs> All right, are we ready? We'll go back and forth. We'll, Veronica, we'll put you on the spot. We'll make you answer each one first. Because um, Alex said this was her worst nightmare. So <laughs> let's make it a little better for I her. can do that. And you'll go first. All right. What would your last meal on earth be? Ooh. Um, I can't eat gluten, so it would be the most gluten-full pizza ever. I thought you were going to say Thai food. Yeah, but I eat that a lot. <laughs> I do eat a lot of Thai food. Um, gluten-full pizza. Gluten-full pizza. Alex, last meal on earth. Oh, I didn't realize I was going Oh, to yeah, sorry. Yeah. She's just oh. answering each question first. Dear, oh, Not dear. the whole sprint. Can't leave you that far in the dust. But the, I guess her racing strategy is... She sneaks up from behind. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she can do the last question first. Oh, great. <laughs> Deal. Um, my really thought about this on the run before too because I listen to your podcast all the time and I've already forgotten all of my pre-rehearsed answers um I would say I'll copy it I'll say pizza um from San Mateo on Upper East Side nice choice favorite movie oh god I'm gonna go with uh, A League of Their Own good one do you ask about TV too? Can I skip to TV? Sure. Favorite TV show. Okay, good. Thanks. Um, I'd say classic would be Friends, and current would be Schitt's Creek, which I know oh. we have a mutual admiration there. Oh, yeah. it's the perfect show. Do you watch it? Yes. Oh my gosh, perfect show. It's flawless. Uh, favorite TV show? Um, currently, I was really loving The Crown, so I'm really sad oh. that's over. Um, but I'm, I just watched the movie again, so I'm going to go with The Crown again. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Who was your childhood celebrity crush? Leonardo DiCaprio. Nice. And Ben Affleck. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess... He was, was great then. Yeah. Wow, that was a lot of judgment. Well, okay. <laughs> He's not so great okay, now. Right? <laughs> Have you seen his back tattoo? Yes, I... Fair enough. I mean, come on. He was great. Yeah. Um, where'd you have your first real kiss? Ooh, I think spin the bottle and like seventh grade like someone's basement someone's probably basement. love yeah. that i think it was at like a sporting event like a like a football game yeah but i don't actually really remember it clearly <laughs> it was very memorable obviously yeah. if you could go for a run with anyone who would it be Ooh, one person you can name as many as you want i the want rules are not okay i have two different answers then. great my older sister who was like my first running partner Ever. And I love running with her, and we try to every time we're together. And then the Central Park Girls uh, for a loop in the park. Aww. That's close to. Gonna say our nice group of girls. Love that. Together. Yeah. Favorite professional runner? Currently, Desi. I'm pretty all about her. 
favorite is a loaded question. You can name as many as you want. Just name all the um, ones you like. I'll say Kara. Yeah. I'll say Kara. A, a good throwback. Classic. <laughs> I like that. Okay, you're about to win the race of your dreams. Maybe the Olympic trials. You can pick anyone in the world to be there to drape the American flag over your shoulders. Who do you want it to be? I think my husband, even though he is so ready for me to be done running marathons, <laughs> um, he like lives for this excitement around the trials and has been so supportive of it. So he would die to be on that finish line, which would be pretty fun to have with him. Yeah, I would say um, my husband and my son just because, I mean, they obviously support everything I do, and I would not in any way, shape, or form have been able to get to this point without my husband. So that would be my choice. Um, what's the last thing that you got mad at your significant others for? Well, we drove to New Jersey during rush hour yesterday, so he took a half an hour to eat his burrito during our dinner stop. And I was pretty angry because it was getting really late and I wanted to go to bed because I had a big workout in the morning. So Dan, I know. How do you take half an hour to eat anything? I don't know. My my child eats faster than that. Yeah, it she was a very large burrito of some sort. Um, we are moving apartments uh, in two days, so our lives are a bit of a mess. And I'll just leave it there. I'm sure you can imagine all the different ways Not that stressful you can. at all. Yeah, thank Are you for you? being here right now, though. <laughs> a good time. place. Good use of time. Exactly. I'm very happy. Okay, you decide you're going to host your own podcast. Who's your dream guest? Oh, can I be like a journalist? Digging Am I in? not? No, like Isn't that what we're doing here? Yes. Yes. Um, I've got some questions for the USATF board. That's what I'm going <laughs> over. Oh, separate episode. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you said running podcast? Whatever you want. No, just true like crime. Okay, whatever you general want. General podcast. Um, Tina Fey. I think she's amazing Ooh, and hilarious, and I just love everything she does. So anytime I get to with her, it would be great. Um, going back in time, what would you tell yourself 10 years ago? Definitely that your 30s will be the best year. Like late 20s, early 30s will be just so much better than you can imagine. And I think it was really hard for me to graduate college because I really loved it. And when you graduate, it's not the same. Real world's not the same as college. No. <laughs> no. So that was a tough uh, reality. And I just thought being an adult would be horrible. But it gets awesome. Yeah. I would tell myself that... Running has a bigger purpose in my life than I ever thought, and that it's something to kind of stick with um, and just know that it would will lead to great friendships and a great sense of accomplishment. That's beautiful. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? A professional basketball player. Wow. WNBA. All the way. Still the dream. I always had that confidence. I was a little too short, unfortunately. So that dream was squashed. Yeah. I could see you being so scrappy. Yeah, I was not great at scoring points, but I No, could. but defense. Defense. I see that for you. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Alex? I wanted to be a teacher, I believe. I see that for yeah. you as yeah. well. Yeah. You'd be so loving and like She's sweet. very patient. <laughs> yeah. You'd be a good teacher too, though. You're good with kids. Not so patient, though. Your words, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you could go to the Olympics for any sport other than running Ooh. or basketball, what would it be? You can choose basketball if you want. Believe uh, I do women's soccer. Ooh. Cool team, too. Yeah. They just seem awesome. Yeah. They just seem really awesome. Great parade. Yeah. I would do swimming because it's literally the only other sport I have 
ever participate. You don't have to be practical about this. This can be like and her basketball dreams. Yeah. Hoop dreams over here. Yeah. yeah. Space jam. Okay. I could sit here and do these with you guys forever, but we're going to get to the last couple, which is I need from each of you. This is Alex. You've just swung up from behind. behind. I need three things that you love about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you Didn't you know this was coming? I thought this was just on your love one. No, no, no. You don't listen very often to her podcast. Whoa. I always do. Whoa. She gives me feedback. <laughs> I give feedback. So, yeah, she I does. Um, three things I love about myself. Um, I think I am a really good mom. Um, and I make sure of that. I think that I like my sarcasm. Sometimes it can be like a little bit too much probably, but I like it. I like how much I love my family and how important they are to me. Love that. Veronica, three things you love about yourself. I'm amazing at basketball. <laughs> yeah, I have a great defense stance. Um, I'm going to say Alex's last one was my first one. I love my family more than anything, and I, I love that I prioritize that. Um, I love that I feel generally confident in life and I love that I'm not afraid to go up to goals. Excellent. All right, last thing I need. Give everyone listening a reason to run today. Because you'll feel so much more accomplished and ready to take on the day after you do. Because today you can and you don't know if you will be able to tomorrow. That's my favorite answer, just so you know. I love that one. All right. Um, I love you both so much. I'm so excited that you will be in Atlanta together running the trials and I just really am so super inspired by everything you do individually and as a team and as friends and like I said we need more uh, women supporting each other in this world like what you two do so keep it up and have the best time in Atlanta. Thank we you. Will. Thanks, Can we Allie. see you there? Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Alley on the Run show. And of course, big thanks to Alex and Veronica for being here and for being so inspiring. I've kept you here for quite a while today. So just your quick weekly reminder to make sure you subscribe to the Alley on the Run show in the podcast listening app of your choice. If you're feeling particularly generous today, consider leaving a rating and review for the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Then share it with a friend, post about it online, do all those good, great, wonderful things that let me know you're loving the show. I'm Allie on the Run One on Instagram and Twitter. I'm on Facebook on the Allie on the Run page and in the Allie on the Run Best Running Friends group. Hit me up everywhere. You know I love you. And I love Aftershocks. So let's give it up for our wonderful sponsor, Aftershocks, for making this episode possible and for making the very best wireless headphones for runners. Go to ontherun.aftershocks.com for $50 off your pair. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the Alley on the Run show community. Good luck to Alex, Veronica, and everyone running in Atlanta this weekend. And thanks for joining me on the run.